And so we're here. We're excited to be here. Amen? Let's take our Bibles and go to John chapter number 3. John chapter number 3. Let's all stand together and get our Bibles. John chapter number 3. And I want to preach a message to you this afternoon titled, He Must Increase, But I Must Decrease. He Must Increase, But I Must Decrease. And the message really is, uh, was in that song today, being more like the master. And uh, that's really my heart uh, this afternoon as I share this with you. And uh, hopefully the, the, what I communicate, that application point, is that is Christ increasing uh, through my life and in my life? Is he increasing? And that's really our goal as men, is for Christ to increase, is it not? He should be increasing in my life, and he should be increasing in my home. He should be increasing in my ministry. He should be increasing in my neighborhood. He should be increasing in my hometown. He should be increasing in my state. He should be increasing in my country. He should be increasing around the world, and it's us, it's our job as men uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, increase him and his glory in our life. And so let's uh, look at John chapter number 3, verse 22. And our text here, Jesus uh, just got through John chapter number 3 with Nicodemus uh, talking with him about uh, salvation. And of course, you know, John chapter number 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That was a, uh, that, that scripture there was a response to Nicodemus asking him uh, uh, some questions. And Jesus was telling him he needed to be saved. And so Jesus has this conversation uh, with him. And then in verse uh, 22, we see he's traveling and he's coming up to the land of Judea. And we're going we're gonna to read here verses 22 through verse 36. So if you'll listen, I'll, I'll read to you. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea. And there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. Verse 24, for John, was not, uh, for John was not yet cast into prison. And there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. And John uh, answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. Verse 29. And he, uh, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. And he must increase but I must decrease. Would you read that verse with me? Ready, begin. He must increase, but I must. Let's do it one more time. Ready, go. He must increase, but I must decrease. That's the message. That's the whole message. He must increase, but I must decrease. In our passage today, we find the disciples of John and some of the Jews there, they're debating about whether Christ's increasing in popularity, uh, how does that affect John and how is Christ increasing in his influence and with the, the, the people there being baptized and being saved there and how, how is that increasing of Christ and how is that affecting John and really what this what we're reading today is John's response to that how is John responding to Christ being increased but more importantly how is John responding to him decreasing to him decreasing in our lives today as Christians, 
And we find one of the most powerful thoughts in Scripture is that Christ must increase. Amen? Amen. He must increase. He should be increasing. But along with that is a decreasing. And so today I want to talk to you about this thought today. He must increase, but I must decrease. Let's pray together. Lord, I come before you today. And Lord, what a convicting time we had a few minutes ago. Uh, Lord, all those sins on that board, many of them are mine. And Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness, as many have said today. Lord, we thank you that we can come before you, confess our sin, and you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you, Lord, that you can search us and try us. And, and Lord, we can have a relationship with you that's clean. And Lord, I come before you today, Lord, confessed up. Thank you for that time. And Lord, I pray, Lord, as we have our message just here for a few minutes, Lord, I pray that you would convict our hearts and help us, Lord, to, to consider this thought today. Are you increasing? Does my life increase you? And Lord, am I okay? Am I okay with the decreasing process? And Lord, I pray that you'd help us with that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I know this might sound strange, especially in the day and age, the day and age that we live, but the Christian life, when lived according to the Scripture, is not typically an increasing life. And that goes against our grain, that goes against our American way, it goes against our own flesh even, to think that uh, the Christian life is not an ever-trending upwards uh, uh, increase. It's not us uh, increasing. As a matter of fact, as we study Christians throughout the New Testament, and even Christians in early, uh, uh, our forefathers and the, the early Christians, and even uh, even us, maybe uh, soon, we see that being a Christian is an ever uh, an ever pursuit of increasing Christ, but oftentimes it's a decreasing of us. It's a decreasing process. My my message today does not necessarily advocate. Uh, for us to uh, seek after a de decreasing or uh, to seek after pain or to seek after uh, a diminishing process in our life, but rather for us as men, especially, to seek after his increasing in our life. What John here is stating or what he is stating to us and through the word of God, of course, the gospel of John was written by, not by John the Baptist, but by John and what he's doing is he's, the whole purpose of the book of John is to show that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he is worthy of our worship and he is worthy of fellowship. And so what we see here is John recording John the Baptist's response towards the increasing of Christ. Christ is increasing and he is, he is uh, increasing in his popularity. He is increasing in his ministry on earth at this particular time. And what we see here is John's incredible response. He must increase and I must decrease. And in our life, I just have three simple thoughts for us today. Three simple thoughts about us living this life of a decreasing life in our own lives and increasing Christ. How do we, how do we increase Christ in our life and in our ministry and in our home? Well, the first thing I have here for you today is he increases when we die to self. And we've had that mentioned several times today. He increases when we die to ourselves. And most of us in this room have been in church long enough. Unless you're a newer Christian, most of us have heard the phrase die to self. How many have heard that many times? And you've probably heard messages about dying to self. Notice what John is saying here. Look at verse 29. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. 
But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. And this, my joy, John says, this, my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. The bride here in this verse, of course, we know is talking about the church. And those, especially uh, those only who have accepted Christ as their Savior is a part of the bride of Christ. We are the church. And the Bible calls the church the bride of Christ throughout Scripture. And so John is saying here, uh, he's talking about the bride. He's talking about Christ. And of course, uh, Jesus is the groom. We know that as a type in Scripture. Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride. And John is saying, uh, but there is one that standeth by and hears him. He's denoting himself. He's the posture uh, the giving himself the posture of a servant, standing by. He's ready to serve. He's ready to bring in Christ. We know that John is the forerunner of Christ, and he came uh, uh, in front of Christ, and he is prophesied by the prophets of the Old Testament that he would be the forerunner and prepare the way as Christ comes. And John is saying, I am the friend of the bride, groom. I am his friend, and I am rejoicing that here he comes, and he's coming for his bride, you and me. And John is rejoicing over this. And so I I read these words, and do you know what I hear? I hear the, man, the heart of a man that is not rebellious. I hear the heart of a man that is happy, a heart of a man that rejoiceth, but he's not rejoicing in his increasing. He's rejoicing in his decreasing. And this really spoke to my heart. Jesus' ministry was exploding at this particular time in Scripture. By design... John's ministry would decrease. This was the plan of God. John, all his public ministry, the followers that he had, the work that he had done, listen carefully, the influence that he had, the impact that he had, the followers, the disciples that he had were diminishing. This was the plan of God. Of course, most of us know the scriptures. We know that John pretty soon would be in prison. John doesn't go on to follow Jesus like the disciples do. John doesn't uh, spend the next three years with Christ, following him, watching the miracles. That wasn't the plan of God. For whatever reason, God's plan for John was to be in prison, and John went to prison, and we know this to be true, that John's head was removed from his shoulders. It wasn't very long that John would be killed for his faith. My friends, I'm, I'm simply saying today that John's ministry wasn't this. John's ministry went like this. In all of our eyes, in all of their eyes, John's ministry decreased to the point of martyrdom, to the point of death. And, and as we think about that, we think, man, I, I mean, here's John. He's, he's serving the Lord and he's, he's increasing, increasing, increasing. But you know what? It wasn't God's plan for him to keep increasing. There came a time where John must had to decrease and there was a decreasing process. I love John's response. And if you think about everything we just said, that ultimately he would die. Think about what John is saying. John is saying he must increase. That's God's plan. And I must decrease. In fact, John rejoices. He says, this is where my joy is fulfilled, that he increases and I am decreasing. We don't see a rebellious response from him. We don't see John get upset. We don't see John say, well, what, what about me? Well, what, what's going to happen to me? I mean, I mean, here comes Christ and he's, he's, his disciples are baptized and we learn later that Christ did not baptize but the disciples and we see that John is there and, and, and we see, can, you, can you imagine if how, the difference in Scripture if John would have said, uh, well, he must increase but I want to increase too. 
I think about this today. I think that most American Christians, I think the average American Christian is fine with Christ increasing as long as we're increasing too. We're okay with him increasing. We're okay with bigger buildings. Amen? We're okay with better budgets. We're okay with nicer chairs. We're okay. We're okay with preaching the gospel and sending missionaries. We're okay with that. Matter of fact, we're happy about that. We're, we're excited when, when, a, when, when, when a missionary is sent. We're excited. And, and we as independent fundamental Baptists, boy, missions gets us excited, doesn't it? We're okay with that as long as we're increasing too. As long as it doesn't affect my budget too much. As long as I'm not the one that has to go. I'm I'm excited about missionaries going, as long as I get to keep my business. As long as I get to keep my schedule. As long as I get to go golfing every Thursday. As long as I get to go fishing every Saturday. As long, I'm great pastor, boy, you want to do something for the Lord, I'm all for you. But don't ask me to spend an extra day. We're fine with the increase as long as we increase also. But what about when Christ calls us to decrease? What about when Christ calls us to sacrifice? You see, he increases when we deny ourselves. You say, what do you mean by that? In the scriptures, we read often about dying to self. Dying to self. Dying to myself every day, my selfish desires. You see, God is not glorified in my selfish desires. He is not glorified in my sinful desires. He's not glorified in those things. We don't see, oftentimes, we don't see in the scriptures, we don't see Christians increasing, do we? How many understand what I'm saying? Nobody, all right? Let's try that again. Oftentimes in scriptures, we don't see believers increasing, do we? Worldly speaking, right? We don't see them, you know, getting mansions and Ferraris and, you know, whatever. We don't see this. No, a lot of times what we see in scriptures, what we see as examples in scriptures is a decreasing. We see denying of self. We see dying to self. Matthew chapter number 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, I die daily. Colossians 3, 3. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. We're dead men today. Amen? We're dead men today. We, when we come to Christ and we follow him and we uh, become a Christian, there needs to come a point in the maturity of a man and the maturity of his Christian walk where he recognizes, my life doesn't belong to me. No, none of this belongs to me. It's, it's his. It's his life now. And so many today have this unbiblical idea. And I know those that are you pastors in the room, you know you, you, you deal with this and you men as well. You see it all around you. We have this unbiblical idea that following Christ is the secret to success. How many have ever seen ads on your Facebook or ads on television about being a kingdom builder? Where do we get this idea that we're commission-based kingdom builders? That if I, and I, listen, I, if you own a business and you give to the Lord, thank God, amen? And I'm, I think God will bless your business. Amen, he will, and, and all that. I'm not saying don't give, and no, but there, there came a point in time where we, we decided that in our culture, as American Christians, we decided, 
hey, if you follow Christ, boy, it's going to be a blessing and everything's going to be like this and, and, and let's be kingdom builders and let's, let's do this. And, let's, and I'm all for giving to the Lord and, and, and businesses giving to the Lord. But, but may I say, as, as Christians, really, our life is really to die to ourselves. Our, our, our goal is not to build my kingdom, but to build his kingdom. And so I think that sometimes we get this idea that it's all about our purpose. It's all about my life, my best life, finding my greatest potential, my prosperity and my dreams and my goals. And, and, and the words of John ring in my ear, oh, he must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. To die daily to ourselves, we need to die to several things. First, we need to die to our sinful desires. Boy, we, we wrote that all on the board. How many of you are like me? I seriously thought to myself, just about everything on that board I struggle with. Three of you? Well, you, us three, us four, let's go, have, let's go have tacos together. Amen, we need to talk. No, how many say just about everything I struggle with? I think most of us in this room were honest with each other. And, and I'm thankful that for his forgiveness. Thank you for erasing that, by the way. We didn't have to stare at that all night. But, but we need to, if we're going to die daily, we have to die to our sinful desires. Men, listen, he cannot increase if we are in sin. He cannot increase. He cannot increase. And we just saw the board. We all sin. Somebody better say amen. Maybe we get some women in here. They'll say Amen. All of us sin. We all sin. But if we, if we don't confess that sin and turn away from that sin, he will not increase in our, in our, through us and in, in our ministries. We need to die to our sinful desire. I'll hurry. We need to die to our selfish motivations. You know, our sin does not bring glory to God and our selfishness does not bring glory to God. We need to die to our selfish motivations. We need to die thirdly to our own plan for our lives. You need to die. Listen, man, we need to die to our own plans. I don't, I don't belong to me. What if God is calling you to do something for him? If he's calling you, maybe he's calling you to be a Sunday school teacher for your pastor and for your church. And if he's calling you to do that, you need to go tell him and surrender to that. Maybe he's calling you to be a missionary. I think all the young guys here today and teenagers, if God is calling you, listen, he's not going to increase if you follow your own plan in your life. He must increase and I must decrease. Let me move on. So we see for him to increase in our lives, we must die to ourselves. And secondly, I want to give you this thought here as we read. I know this is simple, but I'm a simple kind of person. All right, number two, his increase, he increases rather as we decrease. He increases as we decrease. Look at verse 31. Notice this. John says, he that cometh from above is what? He is what? Come on, church, here we go. He is what? He is above all, verse 31. And he that is earthly is what? What is, what is John showing us here? He says, he that is, he's talking about Christ now. He that is heaven, he is, he is heavenly. And John is saying, I am earthly. Notice the comparison. He says, he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He cometh from heaven is above all. Look at verse 32. And he that hath seen and heard and testified and no man receiveth his testimony. This is talking about Christ, what Christ has seen, what Christ has heard, what Christ is testifying and telling them. Nobody has, nobody's receiving this. They, they, they don't even understand what Christ is saying because it is so uh, heavenly. Look at verse 33. And he that receiveth his testimony hath set to his seal 
that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Know what he's saying there? He's saying God gave Christ the Spirit, not by measure. He didn't limit the Spirit because we know that Jesus Christ was part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In other words, God and Jesus are equal. Amen? And he didn't give him by, this, by measure. Look at verse 35. The Father loveth the Son. This is John. This is his response to Jesus increasing. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. John refers to himself as earthly. He refers to Christ as above and heavenly. He shows that Christ in his preexistent heavenly experience could testify of things that no man could possibly testify of because Jesus was there in the beginning. Amen? Jesus was there. All things were created by him and for him. Jesus' testimony was far beyond any man's testimony. John, in this passage, is verbally lifting up the name of Christ, lifting up the doctrine of deity, lifting up Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is heavenly. I am earthly. What he speaks of, we can't even understand. It's amazing. And what I'm speaking of is earthly. John is lifting up verbally the office of Christ. He is showing the truth of the testimony of Christ. In other words, Christ was increasing because of John. He was increasing. John was increasing Christ, his deity. And at the same point, he was decreasing. John's increasing, excuse me, Christ's increasing should have a decreasing effect on us. Let me say that again. Christ's increasing should have a decreasing effect on us. But our increasing will have a decreasing effect on him. This is the opposite of the way that we like to think. Some of you are actually arguing with me in your mind right now. See, how do you know that? Because I argued with myself when I said that <laughs> for a while. When Christ is increasing, it'll decrease me. And when I, increase, when I am increasing, it'll decrease him. You say, what do you mean by that? I brought today a just, I should have started this at the beginning so we knew how much time I had. But anyway, um, I brought with me this hourglass. And I just want to use this as an illustration. It's kind of a silly illustration, but hopefully it'll help us remember how many recognize this morning that we're only given one life? One life. That is a spider coming down right now. Amen. I'll let you go over there, buddy. <laughs> we're only given one life to live. That's it. And how many know that life doesn't work like that? No, no. You can't pause time. Amen. And so I want you to imagine with me today that this one of these bulbs represents God increasing and one of these bulbs represents us increasing, all right? And, and, and in our life, as, as, and of course, this represents our life. Of course, the sand represents time. In our life, the time, time is ticking, even right now. How many are very aware of that? I say, preacher, you're going too long. I'm very aware, amen? No. I hear those tacos calling me too, amen? But even right now, time is ticking. This day is about done. We just started November. Can you believe it's November? I had a church member tell me one time, he said, Pastor, life is like toilet paper. He says, it goes faster once you get closer to the end. Amen. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Time is ticking. Even right now. Our life is but a vapor. I look at my dad over here. That's my, I love my dad. I look at Pastor Rogers over here, these men. You're getting towards the end of your seasons, Right? 
getting towards retirement, getting towards those things. Your life, your life might only have that much time and there might be a teenager in here that has a lot more time. We, we, at least we think we do. And, and, and Lord willing, how many understand that your life could, just like that. We can't stop time. We only have one life. In your life today, I want you to consider who's increasing. May I just give you this thought today? You can't increase both. You say, well, if I serve the Lord and I do this and I do that, will he increase me? Maybe. But what if he doesn't? I can't bring myself glory and bring God glory. It's either him or me. How many of you have a friend or a loved one or a church member or a cousin or somebody? Their life is all about them. It's all about their house. It's all about their cars. It's all about the boat. It's all about golf. It's all about, it's all about, their life 100%, it's about them. They're going to spend their entire life and at the end of the day, God gets nothing and they get everything. My dad was just sharing with me on the way up here. They live in a rental house in Manteca. And uh, I know housing prices are crazy everywhere. And, uh, and so the house they live in is probably worth 600000 or whatever it is. But their rent is a certain amount. And, and uh, the, the lady who, who owned the house just passed away. And uh, that lady owns 10 houses in Manteca. So you take 10 times 600000 she probably has $6 million worth of houses. But you know what? She just died. Now the kids are fighting over the houses. A few years back, there was a man in our church. He was a millionaire, and, and I thank God for those. Can I get an amen right there? Right? So, thank God somebody's increasing. Amen. So anyway, but he was a millionaire in our church, and he went to, he, he, before he died, he was in his 90s. He came to me and said, Pastor, he goes, we're going to do something for the church when I die, this and that. I said, man, what a blessing. Anyway, he died, and uh, he left uh, our church with the task of getting you know, taking care of his things. He had no relatives or anything like that. And so we went to his home and, and literally there's barely anything in his house, just, just a car and, and he had a, a, just, a, you know, just a normal kitchen table and just a few little things around the house. But he left, he left some, some, some money to the church and that was a huge blessing for us and to go on before. But here, here's, what I, here's the point I'm trying to make. When, when he died, we went into his house and it was my job he gave me, he specifically told me, he goes, I want you to deal with my things. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but that's a difficult process. How many have ever done this? Your parents, usually. It's even harder, of course, when you know them. But in this process, I went into his office, and here hung his bachelor's degree and his master's degree and his degree in business and no relatives. And brother, I'm telling you, and I know he's in heaven right now, and I grieve, but all of that went straight into the garbage. And the hardest part for me was the photo albums. I flipped through his, his, his wife is, was in heaven before him. His daughter went to heaven before him. I saw baby pictures. I saw wedding pictures. Nobody wants them. They all went into the garbage. Plaques. I found boxes and boxes of best, you know, employee of the month, employee of the year, best salesman of the year. I mean, Plaque after plaque after plaque after plaque in the garbage. I'm simply saying today, we only have one life. We only have one life. It's either us or him. Men, it's either you 
or him? Who's getting the glory? Who's, who's increasing? In my life, I struggle with this every day. When I wake up out of bed, I have to decide who's going to increase today. And here's the truth. I can't, I wish it did, but life doesn't do this. This isn't how it works, amen. It doesn't work both ways. One of us is decreasing. One of us is increasing. Someone might ask then, well, Pastor, Pastor Delzell, does, does that mean then that, that Christ gets everything? Does that mean everything that I own and everything that I do and all of my time is all about Christ and it's all about Yes! The answer is yes! It's always about Him. It's always been about Him. The moment that you bowed your head and trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you said, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to accept the wonderful gift of salvation, it's been about Him. My entire life is about him. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about my dreams. It's not about my goals. It's not about my, it's about him. It's always been about him. Everything I have, the very breath in my lungs, the very blood that beats, whoops, I just broke that. I just ruined my life. Target should have made that a little better, amen? But you know what? When I, I'm glad I broke that because actually I wanted to today for my ending illustration, but I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> my point is, is that it's, it's him. It's all about him. What if, it, what if he breaks us? What if my life is broken and spilled out for him? He deserves everything. Matthew chapter number six, verse 19. Lay up not for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For the light of the body is the eye, and therefore the eye be single, thy whole body be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness, and therefore the light that is in thee be darkness. How great is that darkness? Matthew chapter six, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. No man. There's not a guy in this room who can serve two masters. Not me and not you. What Christ is telling us in Matthew chapter number six is, listen, we can serve mammon, we can serve riches, we can serve ourselves if we want to, but we cannot serve him at the same time. We cannot carry our cross and carry our box at the same time. We have to carry the cross and follow him if we're going to increase him, if he is going to increase. John said he must increase. He must increase. And listen, the attitude in our life must be, he must increase. He must increase. He must increase in my marriage. He must increase in my family. He must increase in my church. He must increase. He must, and I must decrease. Philippians chapter number three, verse seven through eight. But what things Paul says were gained to me, I counted loss. The things that I count gain, I count loss. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them as dung that I might win Christ. So the problem with us is all of our things are not dung. All of our things are awesome. And, and, and when we have all the in Christ, we're excited when we get this and we get that. But what Paul is saying, hey, what I count increase for me, what increases me is dung. That's what Paul said. And that's the attitude we should have. The bottom line is this. If I claim to follow Christ, do I have an attitude like Paul? Everything is 
gain that's gain to me. I count but loss for Christ. Every drop of sand that is a gain to me is loss for Christ. Every day that is a gain to me is loss for Christ. Every time I get glory, every time it's me, it's me. It's a good thing that I did or whatever. It's loss for Christ. But I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. May I ask you a question, and we'll be done here in just a moment. Which way is your hourglass turned today? Which way is your hourglass turned? Now, somebody said earlier when we were praying and we were giving the attributes of God, somebody said his mercy and his grace. How many are thankful for that? Do you know what I'm thankful for? That I can turn it upside down today. I can say today, you know what? I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired of living for my glory, for my whatever. I, I want to bring him glory in my life. And I'm thankful that I can flip that thing upside down and live for him. I'll close with this last one, number three. And this is the encouraging part. All right, how many need some encouragement before we have some tacos? Amen? Here's the encouraging part. We decrease only in this life. We decrease only in this life. One more time. We decrease... He must increase, I must decrease, but only in this life. Look at what John says. Look at verse 36, John chapter three, I'll close. But he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Wow. I'm decreasing, but guess what? I'm going to heaven. Decrease me to nothing. Gentlemen, there there might come a day real soon where Christians in America are decreased to nothing when we won't be able to worship in our beautiful buildings and our nice chairs, we might have to do what our Christian forefathers did. How many see that? How many see that as clear as that glass was before I broke it? Amen. (laughs) We see that he that believeth on the Son, those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior and, and recognized that they were a wicked sinner and there was a penalty for that sin and they believed in Jesus. They believed that he came, he died on the cross, he rose again. They believed in him with all their heart. Those of you in this room that did that at whatever age, whatever time you put your faith and trust in Christ, the Bible says if you believe in the Son, you have everlasting life. You're going to heaven. You will never spend one second in hell. You're going to be with Christ in heaven forever. But he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life and the wrath of God abideth on him. You see, There are those today, their life is increasing, increasing, increasing. But the Bible says that when they die without Christ, the Bible says they will spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. For those of us today that have accepted Christ, your life might, uh, you may not have. I think about Pastor Rogers. Listen, I I don't mean to pick on you today or my dad, you two men, uh, but you have spent your life decreasing. My dad has spent his life decreasing. My dad doesn't have a beautiful home in Malibu. He's not driving a Ferrari. He's spent his life decreasing, serving God. And some of you pastors in the room, you're in some town, and you're, 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 you look at your church members sometimes, you think, well, it must be nice to have a new truck. It must be nice to be able to go fishing whenever, however. But you know what? You're decreasing. You're decreasing. He's increasing. You're decreasing, but he's increasing. So just keep decreasing, amen? Yeah. By the way, there's nothing wrong with going fishing, amen? You just go fishing whenever, whenever God lets you, amen? Oh, but John, he says, ah, he must increase. John chapter number three, verse 36 is a wonderful promise. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. I love what Charles Spurgeon says of this passage. He says, it is only relatively, it is only relatively that John decreases. Jesus will glorify in his own way those who glorify him. And it will be the best way. 
Not a servant of Christ, however obscure his, his sphere, however self-forgetting his life, slips into the grave without the master's notice. What a great thought. I'll close with this illustration today. I, I know some of you know this man. Do you have that picture, guys? Can you show that? How many know Brother Stephen Trell? We'll go and put that up there. And you guys have that today. I'll let you get it, get it together. How many know the missionary, new missionary Stephen Trell? How many knew him? And how many don't know who he is? Well, let me share his story with you here. You guys have that. You can find it. Brother Stephen Trell uh, was a missionary to the Middle East. And uh, he came through our church back in 2018 as a mission, missions conference. And we took him on for support. And uh, what a great guy. Had a promising career. He worked for, uh, worked for Crown, uh, I think college or the church there. He worked for Dr. Sexton, was a, a graphics designer. He had plenty of money. He had a great career. He had a really nice position on staff and, and just really was all set up. And God called Brother Trell. God came to Brother Trell and said, I want you to go to the Middle East and to a dangerous country, and I want you to preach the gospel. So him and his dear family, he's got a son and I think three daughters, and him and his wife, such a sweet family, and uh, his kids were all teenagers. His son was really young. I think his son's maybe two now, three now. And the Trells uh, surrendered to preach, and, and, and he, he surrendered, and he went off, and they went off to, uh, to uh, preach the gospel in this country. He wasn't there very long. For those of you that know the story, some of you don't know, he wasn't there for very long. He, he met a man and began to, he, he led this man to the Lord, and some others came around. He began to disciple these men and and one of the guys who he was discipling for over a year betrayed him. This is in the Middle East, and just, 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 a few, just a few feet from his home, his car was trapped by some men, and they shot him to death just a few, a few feet from his home. Brother Trell gave his life. He gave his life. And this is when I was going to break the, the glass. He gave his life to the Lord and was spilled out completely. He gave his all. And this is the thought I have for you today. I was reading uh, in a, a prayer letter that his wife and his daughters are still producing, by the way. And in this, in this prayer letter, it was written by his daughter. <clears throat> she said this, Daddy always emphasized that the work of God, that the work God gave us to do was not a sacrifice. Rather, he considered it as obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ. This is his daughter. She's a teenager. She says this, David Livingston once said, if a commission by an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? That's my daddy's heart. Today, it's a comfort to know that even though Stephen Trell's life was ended prematurely, God knew exactly when his life would be ended. And even though his life is, his time is up here on earth, he will spend eternity with the Savior. And by the way, when Stephen Trell walked through the, the gates of glory, I'm sure he heard, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Does anybody in here think there's no, there's, no, there's no sand in his jar. He gave it all to the Lord. But how many think today that he has any regrets? 
Does anybody here think he has regrets? Here's the wonderful thing, that even though there are those that will die with great riches, they'll go into the ground, they're not taking anything with them. But the testimony of a man like Stephen Trell lives on. And his life is still giving glory to God. His testimony is still increasing Christ through the testimony of his children. I don't know about you today, but I would rather die penniless, increasing him, than die with the greatest whatever you can think of, and I go straight into the dirt. How many with me on that today? John said he must increase. He must increase. He must increase. He must. Some of us today need to turn our hourglass. It's time that, some of, somebody said earlier, we lose focus and we get distracted, and we all do. But maybe today your hourglass is all about you. It's all about you. It's all about your ministry. It's all about your business. It's all about your family. And all those things are important. Don't get me wrong. But is he increasing or am I increasing? Every head bowed, please, and every eye closed. Maybe there's a young person in the room today, teenager, that God is touching your life today. He's calling you. He's telling you there's something I want you to do. You can't bring glory to yourself and bring glory to him at the same time in your life. Maybe there's a man in the room today who's been living for yourself. You've just been living for you. And I know as a man, I, I struggle with this so greatly in my life. Every day 